River West is weird. A very specific kind of weird. A community-orientated weird. Take, for example, the River West 24 bike race, affectionately referred to as the People's Holiday. The River West 24 is, you guessed it, a 24-hour bike race, all day, all night. Organizers started it in 2007 as a volunteer-run event to encourage residents to go outside, engage with their community, to raise bike safety awareness, and create enthusiasm for the neighborhood. It's also a giant party with real Burning Man vibes. During the last weekend of July, thousands of cyclists, most of whom compete in teams, take turns doing laps along the route, making sure to hit up designated checkpoints along the way to mark progress. And then there's the optional bonus checkpoints, which are usually an activity riders can do to add extra laps to their tally. This is the community-orientated weirdness I was talking about. Past bonus checkpoints have included, and I'm just gonna list them off here, getting inked with the real tattoo of that year's unique Riverwest 24 logo, a barber's choice haircut, which meant you were getting a bad haircut, a tutorial on how to use the overdose-reversing drug Narcan, a river cleanup, glow badminton, roller skating dance parties, poetry writing, belly dancing lessons, street chalking, throwing paper airplanes through fiery hoops, pottery making, writing a letter about racial injustice to a policymaker, even donating minstrel products to a local organization. And all of this, it comes together to create a real sense of family and camaraderie that you won't find in any other city or neighborhood. So viva la River West! I'm Scotty Lee Myers, and you're listening to my third and final Chronica for our interseason series here at Speaking Of, a podcast by Milwaukee PBS. All right, y'all, let's get a little weird. Cue the theme music. Alright, we are back at one of my favorite places on planet Earth, Woodland Pattern, your friendly neighborhood bookstore located in the very center of River West. I got my co-host here with me, Lexi Mariano. Hello, you two. I think you both would agree that my stories have essentially been an ode to River West, and this episode is no different. One of my favorite things about River West is that it's just weird. We're a bunch of weirdos, and we're quirky, and we proudly wave our freak flag. Everyone is allowed to be different, but we crave to be different together. River West is generally a place where you can believe in what you want to believe, and it's generally tolerated. There is an incredible cross-section of people and personalities here. We put on these wacky events that celebrate that. Just look at the River West 24-hour bike race. I know on my way here, I saw a 311 is an inside job sticker on a signpost. And so that's kind of the focus for my stories today. It's a celebration of our weirdness and the glorious mystery and intrigue that comes with it. Lexi, Mariano... Have you ever been to the River West Arby's? I'm not a big fan of Arby's, so no. No, I don't even know where it is. Well, the River West Arby's is heralded as the best Arby's in all the land. The roast beef is never dry. The horsey sauce just hits different. 
The fountain Coca-Cola syrup, it's just perfectly calibrated. It is simply a superior Arby's. I actually had people call me and tell me their favorite thing about the River West Arby's. Have a listen. Hey, Scotty Lee, this is Joey Dadass, the world's greatest dad. I wanted to let you know that my favorite River West Arby's item is the roast beefy weefy sandwiches. I love those. I can't get enough of them. I keep me up at night thinking about them. Hi there, Scotty. Uh, my name is Sam. Uh, I live on Pierce Street, and I'm calling about uh, giving some feedback on the River West Arby's. Uh, my, my favorite thing to order, while the roast beef is great, I'm actually going in the drink direction. Uh, when you go to their fountains, they have the perfectly good crushed ice, and they have uh, the flavor infusions for their sodas and their waters and stuff. My favorite mix is the cheese flavor infusion on their water. What I like most about River West Arby's are the customers. They are the beating hearts of the neighborhood. My name's Jordan. I live over on Wheel Street. My favorite thing to order from the River West Arby's is the uh, uh, large curly fry, extra horsey sauce, and a large Jamocha shake. And if they don't have the Jamocha shake, I scream. Uh, Horsey sauce, curly fry, Jamocha shake, or else I scream. Actually, I think we can see the River West Arby's from here at Woodland Pattern. Let's go up. Let's go to the window. All right, we're, we're tied at the hip unit. All the cables. So we're just going to do this awkward thing here. <laughs> go check out an Arby's. Okay, if you look right here. I don't see an Arby's. I see a Black Lives Matter mural. Is it like, what are those things that are like secret when you have to like give a password? Speakeasy? Yeah. A is speakeasy? it like a speakeasy Arby's? <laughs> speakeasy Arby's. Is you, it on the other side or is it on that side? All right. The reason why you don't see the River West Arby's is because the River West Arby's does not exist. Dude. <laughs> Lexi's giving us a look right now. Plot twist. So what did you just describe? Where is the fountain? Where is the roast beef? <laughs> so yeah, there is not a River West Arby's. It doesn't exist. This is just one of those weird inside jokes that River Westers have with one another. And it comes up pretty often, actually. People talk about it as if it were real. They'll go on forever about it, making up elaborate stories. And it's all just completely made up. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. And it really ties into the next story I want to get into because it really highlights just how playful River West is. So this next story I'm about to tell is a mystery, a real whodunit, except, you know, it is not a murder. It starts at the River West Collectivo coffee shop. One day I walk in and notice a bizarre poster hanging in the front foyer. It looks like a retro magazine ad for a talk line, maybe. On the right half of the poster, there's a picture of a middle-aged black man. Just his face. He's got a thick, 70s-style mustache, and he's holding an old rotary phone to his ear. And on the other side of the poster is some text. That text reads, Feel like your life is on hold? Why not enjoy it? Put yourself in the mood with the Beats Index. Call now for free. Feeling remorseful? Call 414-877-877. 4896. Feeling melancholy? Call 414-485-9953. Feeling lonesome? Call 414-495-0449. Feeling overlooked? So that's weird, right? And I just kept thinking about this strange vintage talk line poster. I had so many questions. Who made it? Is it sincere? Is it some kind of prank, an art project, a guerrilla marketing campaign, some clever PSA. 
So naturally, the next step was to dial the numbers and see who or what was on the other end. You are currently calling number 11, waiting to speak with a representative. Thank you for your patience. All right, let's go down the list. Let's call the second number. This is the number you should dial if you're feeling melancholy. So let's call that up. The next number on the list is if you're feeling lonesome. These are some funky jams. I love it. it. It sounds like it's out of the 70s or something, like this really lo-fi, fuzzy, warm 70s rock. The last number on this list is if you're feeling overlooked. So this is the fourth and final number. We're going to give it a call. Thank you for calling Milwaukee Precision Machining. This uh-huh. call may be recorded for quality assurance. You have reached Milwaukee Precision Casting. Our offices are now closed. To leave us a message in our general mailbox, please press zero or remain on the line. Thank you. What does it mean? Why? What the is going on? Ah, the plot thickens. Milwaukee Precision Machining. It's apparently located by the airport. A quick Google search tells me it's a custom precision machine shop that specializes in quote, close tolerance CNC machining, turning and milling. I don't know what any of that means. And I definitely don't know why their number is on this poster. So I gave them a call. Thank you for contacting Milwaukee Precision Casting, the premier foundry in the investment casting industry. You too can take advantage of Milwaukee. That's it, Ashley. How can I help you? Yeah, hi, Ashley. My name is Scotty Myers. I work at Milwaukee PBS. I have sort of a strange question and inquiry for you. So I proceeded to lay out the story, and I felt like an absolute crazy person explaining it all. Luckily, Ashley was very patient with me, but she didn't know anything about it. I have no idea. Oh my god. Uh, We did not do that. So it was back to square one. It was time to do some intense Googling. Should I add Milwaukee? We'll just see what comes up. I am looking at a Facebook page called The Beat Index, and the profile image and the header image are very much in the style of the flyer. So this is definitely where we want to be. I found the name and contact info for the creator of the Beat Index Facebook page. And before you know it, I was heading to Company Brewing in River West to meet someone who I hope would have some answers. My name is Harrison Colby. I've played in bands for as long as I've lived here. I've lived here for about 11 years now. And uh, I've been in The Delphines, No-No, Sex Scenes, Chit Chat. Yeah, and then that led to the, the Beat Index, which I'm working on now. But I'm also a graphic designer. 
Harrison Colby grew up in Richmond, Virginia. He came to Milwaukee as a young man with a girlfriend who had enrolled in a graduate school program at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, UWM. When they broke up, Harrison decided to stay. But after living here and then like doing music and then how Milwaukee loves Milwaukee and if you're doing something cool, then they will lift you up and they'll just be really into what you're doing. That was something that I didn't get on the East Coast. He's now happily engaged and just recently bought a house in River West, a neighborhood that he says nurtures his creativity. Even as close as like nine months ago, all of my friends lived here and they were all musicians or artists or sculptors or painters. And I've always felt that, felt that like River West like really loved its artists, really loved bolstering them up. And, uh, and that's why I love living here. The quarantine presented an opportunity for Colby to finally pursue a solo music project that he's been thinking about for years. I used to work at a call center and I was really into the idea because I listened to a lot of hold music when I was working at the call center. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, it would be really cool to make a hold music album. And then that was just kind of in my head for like five years. And then, and then when <laughs> COVID hit, I'm like, oh, the whole world's on hold. And then, uh, then my personal soundtrack to COVID was The Carpenters and like the most schmaltzy, like cheesy 70s. Cause that was like, this sounds like the world is over. Yeah. It's just like, this is my Armageddon soundtrack. And then I'm like, wait a second, those make perfect sense together it's a good like marriage. like soft rock and hold music so i made a soft rock hold music album after creating the album he put his graphic design skills to use designing a series of posters that he hung around town including the one i saw at collectivo and then he set up a series of local phone numbers that would go straight to voicemail and play a track from his album at full length but why did one of his numbers take me to Milwaukee Precision Machining? I was like, whoever created this actually works at Milwaukee Precision Casting and right. wants me to call. Right. But that's not the case. No, it was no. a typo. <laughs> it was a typo. <laughs> I think it's a, you know, like Bob Ross, you know, in PBS spirit, happy accidents, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but now that you mention it, though, like, overlooked... It's kind of perfect. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I don't mind it. So, mystery solved. Local musician Harrison Colby did it. A simple typo explains the red herring that got us to Milwaukee Precision Machining. Of course it was something so simple. I didn't necessarily gain some huge insight or uncover anything here, but it was fun to chase the clues. Plus, I got to have a beer and a chat with a nice neighbor. I'm all for that. So thank you for the weirdness that brought us together. Lexi Mariano, Mariano Lexi, <laughs> did you know that both of you passed a really important historical marker slash plaque on your way into the bookstore today? Did either of you notice? No, I saw the, the Black Lives Matter garage mural and I thought that was impressive. Yeah, same. I, I didn't notice anything. Well, it's right around the corner. It's a little above eye level. It's in plain sight. And you just passed by it totally clueless. And to be fair, very few people notice it. And even fewer know the story behind it. So like that weird poster that we just talked about, this was another mystery that I just had to get to the bottom of. 
So I found the right person to talk to. So why don't we just go ahead and would you mind just kind of giving like a, a physical description of sort of what we're looking at, paint a picture for our listeners? Well, we are looking at the what, south side of a building that for just a second was the Suburban. My gallery, contemporary art, project space. And I mention that only because it's context for why Angelique Roy's passage, uh, this turquoise blue plaque, is on the facade here. The historical plaque we're talking about here is actually a work of art by multidisciplinary artist and Riverwest resident Paul Druka, who was recently named by the New York Times as one of five artists you should be following right now. His work can be found in many places, including the Whitney Museum of American Art. Yeah, that's a big deal. My name is Paul Druka. I am an artist and writer. Uh, I've been at this for over 30 years now. I work at the intersection of sculpture and poetry, video, even some painting and photography. But under a couple underlying themes, or one significant one is uh, just very interested in things that are easily overlooked. I had Paul meet me at the plaque, which is located on a building that's connected by gangway to Woodland Pattern. It was commissioned to be installed there by an arts organization focusing on works of public intervention. Plus, Paul liked the way it interplayed with the overlooked and underappreciated gangway space. It's essentially a 3x12 bronzed name plaque with a turquoise patina finish that would match the Statue of Liberty. The plaque reads, Angelique Roy's Passage. But you kind of have to tilt your head to read it because it hangs vertically with Angelique's name ascending up. And it's about 10 feet off the ground. Paul wanted it that way to command the posture that many sculptures of important people receive, often elevated by pedestal. So who's Angelique Roy? Her grandfather was a very important chief in the Menominee tribe. Angelique was married to Jacques Viaud. And, you know, we, that's a name that is familiar to many people as this, the first European settler. They got married. They, you know, were operating out of Green Bay. But when they came to establish the trading post in Milwaukee, it was Angelique's connections. There were a number of tribes already here. Again, it's, you know, it, it's already a cosmopolitan area. But her tribal connections made their settlement possible and easy and, and supported. You know, and you can't overemphasize how important that would have been circa 1798 or whatever when it, when it took place. I think they have 11 children that go on to connect in various ways with, you know, the indigenous culture going forward. But one daughter who is, is married to uh, Solomon Juno, again, we're familiar with that name, but not their daughter, Josette. Angelique Roy was the founding mother of Milwaukee. This gathering place on the water, this good land, became a booming settlement thanks to her. And yet, how many of us know her story, much less her name? That's why Paul created the name plaque. And just to drive home this point, Angelique and Jacques, they lived in a home near today's Mitchell Park. There's been a historical marker there since 1925 that designates this spot as a place where Jacques Viau built, quote, the first house in Milwaukee. It doesn't mention Angelique or of others who already lived in the area. Reflecting on the importance of the plaque, Margaret Rosga, Wisconsin's former poet laureate and a civil rights icon here in Milwaukee, wrote an article, 
How we tell our stories, the language used, who is remembered and who disappeared matters. Like much of Milwaukee's history, especially Milwaukee's indigenous history, Angelique Roy's passage is easy to overlook unless you know it's there. So much history has been erased because it doesn't conform to the dominant narrative with white settlers as the people who matter. I think that's true. The Angelique Roy's Passage plaque went up in the fall of 2015, and Paul hosted a special christening event that brought together several artists of different backgrounds. One of those artists was Dr. Margaret Newton, a local indigenous poet and languages professor at UWM. Paul has gone on to collaborate with her several times since. Newton wrote a beautiful poem in honor of Angelique Roy in her collection titled What the Chickadee Knows, which, yes, you can also pick up at Woodland Pattern. Often she writes her poems in her indigenous language, Anishinaabe, and in English, which are both featured in this reading. Mamangashka Michiganing, the surging sea. Mamangashka Bisho Michiganing. On the surging shores of Lake Michigan, it drifted away. The way we used to live. We also drifted south on waves of silver. We heard the swell as our life began together. The rolling tides of making children for many years mixing Ojibwe, Menominee, Potawatomi. Then, on waves of trade, the earth forever changed. And dreaming became more difficult on the other side of the western break. I thought that was an appropriate story to close out my chronica because it's kind of a nice segue into the stories you're going to be telling us in your episodes, right, Lexi? Yes, so I talk about rice harvesting here in Milwaukee and different cultures, how that's a tradition and, you know, Hmong culture and Native culture. So, yeah. That's perfect. That is a wrap on my chronica. Lexi's up next. Make sure to listen. And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, tell someone about the podcast. It really goes a long way. I'll leave you with a special treat from my Riverwest neighbor, Gabe Hammer, a local musician who plays organ in a funk jazz trio called Smoke and Mirrors. I love this band. I asked Gabe to bring to life an original century-old composition by Rafael Baez, whom you'll recall from Mariano's stories, was Milwaukee's first Latino and an accomplished organ player and composer. So with very little practice with the tune, let's have Gabe take us out with Baez's song, The Shepherd's Lullaby. Let's do the sign off, y'all. I'm Scotty Lee Myers. I'm Alexandria Mack. And I'm Mariano Avila. And this is Speaking Of, a podcast by Milwaukee PBS. Take care, be well, talk soon.